All right. Here we are, Ted. After the marathon earlier this week. Good God. What a train wreck. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's get started. Yeah. Welcome to the Exeter Underground, the weekly news and opinion forum for the people of Exeter, about the people of Exeter, and by the people of Exeter, keeping you up to date on all the happenings of our town with analysis that you just can't find anywhere else. You're entering the Underground. Now here are your hosts, Jerry Gelliff and Ted Gardella. Welcome, welcome everybody to the Exeter Underground episode number four. I'm Jerry Gelliff. And I'm Ted Gardella. We are here to uh, deliver hyper-local news and analysis to you. News about our town, about Exeter Township, and only about Exeter Township. So uh, with that, as you mentioned in our our abbreviated intro. And of course, go ahead. And of course, uh, the opinions expressed on the show are those of Jerry Gelliff and Ted Gardella and no other organization. So just want to make sure that we put that out there. Okay. We're good with that. Right. So as you mentioned in the intro, we did a marathon yeah. with the supervisors meeting. Uh, it was three hours, pl- three and a half. Yeah, three plus. The The actual show was almost four hours yeah. because we, we took we, that extra 15. Yeah. And it was, uh, it was really, it, it was an interesting experiment. I, I think it was, I think the meeting itself was really interesting. I think covering it in that way is really interesting, but I don't think that's a you know it's not viable no no it's not i really thought that was going to be something and maybe if it were only an hour maybe the meeting was only an hour hour and a half i think we could go two but you have no way of knowing once you, you know once these guys get going and they start talking about nothing they're just going to go. What, 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 what was it George Bell said? 30 minutes on a $250 subscription for eSports? And, yes. Know. So, yeah, yeah I, I feel for them, too, because I'm sure, you know, stamina-wise, that had to that had to drain them. Come on. And they didn't get a You're lot done. You're sitting and talking. Oh, they didn't get a lot done. All right. So to our agenda, uh, we're going to be covering the school board meeting of this week which had a lot of moments and and one that featured a member of your family that i think was the highlight <laughs> we're going to get to that it was it was amazing but we'll you know we'll reserve judgment or reserve speaking about it until then so we start off number one with the surprise resignation of mike Japina, exeter school board member now former exeter school board member took but, us all by surprise but uh you know former school board member but now school board cheerleader externally. Exactly. So he yeah. also announced on the uh, website of the Exeter Informant yeah. that he is now the proud owner of the Exeter Informant and uh, has started doing, you know, I- I'm just going to be honest, I consider him puff pieces. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's just, oh, how can I compliment the school board on what they've done? Yep. How can I, you know positive news about Exeter. It's like, really? I mean, that's that's what you're going to do. But but here's here's the thinking, I believe, around this is that, you know, Jason Mel had the Exeter informant for, what, many years? Like seven years or something. And then got on years. the board and realized that he could not run the Exeter informant 
as an un you know you know unbiased unbiased. I mean, he he was going to be so he couldn't run it. So some conversation must have occurred, and well, Mike's got a background and, and wants to do it, but also knows that he couldn't stay on the board. Right. He knows he didn't want to run again in the next election, so he figures, what the heck? Let's uh, make room for somebody else to get a little experience mm-hmm. for the next election, and then yep. I'll go out and I will be the you know the the cheerleader. And what's really I think kind of uncomfortable is that Jason Mel on Facebook now posts links right. to the Exeter Informant articles. Yeah. That are glowing in their uh, description of what the school board does. It makes it just too easy to see. I mean, yeah. you know, the the point has been made in conversations between us that this is clearly an attempt by the school board to control the narrative. Right. They're, you they're, know, a couple of months ago, right. they started doing their own synopsis of the meeting and posting it to Parent Square. Yeah. Parent Square and to the to the district's website, I yeah. guess. But uh, they they did that, and then this happens. I mean, they're they're really trying to control the narrative. I, I think it's pretty clear that that you know what they don't like is they don't like being put on the spot. Nope. And uh, they want to get you know their own version of everything out there so that they can explain everything to all of us. You know, poor rubes. Uh, you know, Lesser mortals in, in, get it in right. In the marketplace, yeah. Um, I think it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, I, I really, I, I don't think this was a good move. Um, you've taken a, a person who arguably, while I disagree with almost everything Mike does, he had the most experience on that board. And he picks up and, you know, takes his football and goes home just as they're starting a superintendent search, developing a budget and contract negotiations. I had somebody else say that exact thing to me. Just just so that, you know, he can be out there, you know, rah, rah. Oh, great decision by the school board. You know, so. I, I the think school little... board was unbelievable in giving the firefighters the absolute goddamn least that they could. Already, I've Already. Cursed. You already See have that? one. Yeah. We're gonna, I'm going to start keeping track. <laughs> one Hash marks. Yeah. Just do it on the wall. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see what the... Um, impact of the firefighter tax credit is um both you and i believe it should have been the larger amount um but the firefighters do get a 50 percent tax credit from the municipal taxes which are far far lower i mean you're talking one-tenth what the school district charges yeah and then well we'll talk about it when we get to the clips but this idea that everything has to be equitable everybody has to get the same amount of you know, it's like they're not paying the same amount in taxes. No. So why does it have to be equitable? Uh, uh, it is equitable. If you say you get X percent, right. you get X percent. There's nothing more equitable than that. You, you know, the way to analogize it is I'm sure that nearly everybody on that school board is a person who will say, yeah, those filthy, rotten, rich people, they got to pay their fair share. Right. You know, this kind of goes in the inverse proportion. Right. They yeah, don't want to. What, what if someone pays 7000 in property taxes for the school district? They only get a $600 credit. Whereas somebody who only pays 1000 in property taxes, they get a $600 credit. Yeah. So it's not equitable. 
Where's the equity in that? I mean, we're talking about middle class people. Yeah. We're not talking about the uber wealthy. Right. You know, we're doing, how many uber wealthy guys do you think are, are picking up an axe right. and, and knocking down walls? Well, here's the thing. I, I hope that this does help the firefighters. Um, you know, anything helps, I think. And I hope it's the beginning of a discussion because as they develop budgets, they could write this into the budget. Oh, they will write it into the budget. Um, but they they could also discover that they could do more, especially if it doesn't result in the kind of attraction to the position of volunteer firefighter that they're hoping it, it will. So, but let's hear some. Uh, you know, I know you've got some clips. Uh, I've you, got a bunch of clips, but, a, but you have gotten me to the point where uh, let's let's not play that many. So I, I let let's pick out just a few. Okay. Uh, the first one is right. This this is firefighter. This is them talking about the tax credit. Uh, this was uh, carried over from our uh, committee. The whole meeting. We have two options that were um, carried to the voting meeting. One option was a fifty percent tax credit capped at four thousand dollars, which is option one attached, or a six hundred dollar credit uh, maximum uh, per qualified uh, qualified volunteer both are under act 91 qualified but qualified but what i don't that was uh and and, and I, li- I like that you pay, played that clip because later on tonight i'm going to point out that it was specifically mentioned that this item was carried over from mm-hmm. the committee of the whole meeting yes it's going to be pertinent later in it the show. It is going to be pertinent later. Okay. So the uh, the next one is the extension of that, which is this. We have a second. Can we have discussion? I uh, just want to say that in case this doesn't go... This is John Fiddler. Past option one, my, my preference would be for option two, so I just wanted to get that on the record. So he's setting the stage setting the for stage what's going to happen. Option two, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a this is an orchestrated dance on the part of the school board. They're all playing a part in this in this. You know, oh, we we want to you know we want to be equitable and we want to be you know want to be fiscally uh, you know responsible and so this is an orchestrated dance of the school board members. One hundred percent, because it could easily have just been flipped. What they wanted to do was make it look like, yeah, we're going to try to give them the max, which this is not that that's not even the max, but it's the it's the furthest they were willing to give lip service to, you know. So, as you said, completely orchestrated. I uh, just want to say that in case this doesn't go past option one, my my preference would be for option two. So I just wanted to get that on the record. So with these clips, I took a lot of one second here, one second there. I I, I condensed. Okay. Okay. To to make it a little easier to hear, because if you had sat through that entire thing, there was another good four or five seconds. Gotcha. So it's it, as you said, completely orchestrated. They just wanted. They they so want to look like the hero of the working class, right? Right. right. And then they do this piddling little thing for them. It's like it's such a slap in the face, man. Well, here's here's the thing, and you know, I, I, I 
in, on one hand, and you're not going to hear me defend them very often, but on one hand, I think it was reprehensible that Harrisburg put this burden on local municipalities and local school districts. It's an interesting perspective. Because really, if, if you wanted to do something, when, when the majority, I think you pointed out that the majority of fire departments in Pennsylvania are volunteer, numerically, the majority. Like of, 95%. Right. So if, if Harrisburg wanted to do this, if, if they were serious about Act 91, they would have made it a state tax credit and not, not you know, burden these locals with the decision to do this. So in one sense, I do understand the dilemma they face. Right. Because a lot of people, including you and I, are beating them up constantly about the budget. Yeah. And then here they're trying to do something, even though, you know, they spent far more than the firefighter tax credit on a new piece of software for the maintenance department. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. Yeah, it's, it's the best. Okay, next quip, uh, clip is Jason Mel getting to that equity question that you were talking about. I'm more in favor, uh, kind of echoing what Mr. Fiddler said, I'm more in favor of the uh, $600 credit. I, I do um, personally have an issue with um, two volunteers that, may be essentially doing the same thing and one happens to live in a mobile home getting $300 and another one lives in a, a larger uh, you know four bedroom home that may get a $4,000 credit to me that just that doesn't seem fair um, and I, I feel like the $600 option is the more equitable option to give. He's playing the card of of soak the rich Well, in, in a it, way. Yeah. Isn't it interesting Jason uh that person who would get the $4,000 credit is also paying a hell of a lot more. Oops, now I did it. Oh. A heck of a lot more in school taxes than the person who's, in your words, in a mobile home. So it's not equitable to give them the exact same tax credit. No, it's not. Absolutely not. <coughs> so then we can go on to the next clip. Um Okay, yeah, I, I want to go with this because I, I here's where I'm going to give them credit. Okay. All right? So we had two members abstain from voting. Mr. Mill, I would just like to add that I will be abstaining from this vote because Mr. Christopher Jordan is my brother-in-law, and he's the... That's Allison Wilson. Okay. The fire chief. Thank you for disclosing. Mr. Mill, I'll also be abstaining from this vote. Julia Schaefer. Because my husband is an inactive volunteer firefighter, so this would benefit me should he become active... Now, I brought this up in the article that I originally wrote about this. Mm-hmm. Like, why are the two of them doing this? Why Why are they voting? Because they voted on the original, whatever the original thing was, to, to, to move it to table. Like, they should have had nothing to say about this. Well, I think if they move to table, <clears throat> I, I don't find that as much of a conflict as if they had voted on the rest of it. So, I, you know, it will be interesting to see if other members of the Board of Education disclose their own conflicts when it comes to negotiations and contract votes. It is my hope (laughs) that this action will give them the guidance that they need without having to turn to this listener and say, is it okay if I do this even though I'm going to kind of, you know, benefit from it? Mm, Well, I, I... We'll talk about this many times in the future about yeah, the, absolutely. The, the conflicts of this board, how compromised they are in decision making. 
Um, and I, I think I'll even point it out later on tonight when we talk about uh, the superintendent search and the survey that yeah. they issued. Yeah. So so now we're going to get to uh, Andrea Battler, who read this incredible self-serving statement to make herself look like, as I said, the hero of the working class. And then she friggin' votes no on everything. So let's get to it. So I'd like to say something, just so you don't mind. <laughs> um, I just want to say that I believe that a thriving fire department is essential to the safety and well-being of the community. And in the case of a volunteer fire department, many hours and commitments are necessary to make sure that the community is taken care of. Can you hear her reading? Oh, yeah. Our community has a stellar volunteer fire department. These men and women have been called to serve the interests of others above themselves. Yeah, she's painting a great picture. Called to serve. And they are. She's 100% right. It's a damn shame she doesn't mean it. Yeah, well... I believe that this is a noble calling. Those willing to risk their lives to run toward danger and not away from danger are to be commended as well as supported. How about those being willing to vote to give those people <laughs> a reasonable tax break so that they can use it as a recruiting tool to bring more of those people in? How about that? Well, let's see what she says as her reason. Okay. I and my family personally support them. This is because I have the financial resources to do so. Humble brag. Right? How much is she really, you know, spending on supporting? However, when I ran, I promised to stand for fiscal fiscal conservancy. Okay, this is my favorite part of okay. it. Okay. Fiscal conservancy. Uh, Ted, I looked up conservancy. Uh, okay, here we go. <laughs> conservancy. An area of land kept in its natural state, especially for wild animals and plants, to live in and be protected. Example, he created the 25 million acre Sierra Nevada Conservancy, the biggest nature conservancy in the state. So she ran on being a fiscal area of land kept in its natural state. Well, I, I, think, uh, I think this might be a George W. Bush moment, a little strategery. Uh, so I think she just misspoke. I think she meant to say I ran as a fiscal conservative. Yes, uh, but she was reading it. I know it was, and so I, I I hope that wasn't a word on the document that she was reading <laughs> from. Conservancy, because that would mean that she had the opportunity to really check and see what she was saying. Um, it, it's really it, it's a it's a really interesting dance that they all played. That, yeah, you know. Well, I was. I'm the reason I'm voting no is because I want to be a fiscal conservative and I want to protect, you know, the taxpayers. Great. Let's see how that applies the next budget that's presented with a possible tax increase for the taxpayers. Will she be a strident then? Will she vote against the budget then? Dude, I'm keeping this because right. I'm keeping this clip because we're playing it again. Oh yeah, it's coming up again. There's no question. Currently, 60% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. Inflation is at a 40%. I mean, I'm not because I have the financial wherewithal, the support of fire departments. I and senior citizens are having to make serious decisions. Oh, wait, wait. She said something in here, too. About what to spend. Decisions about what to spend. Hang on. Percent high. And senior citizens. All right. 
Currently, 60% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. Inflation is at a 40% high. It's at a 40% 40 high. high. Yeah, instead of a 40-year high. Yeah. Yeah, I think someone should have checked that statement for her so that, you know, maybe she should have rehearsed it more. Yeah. You know. And senior citizens are having to make serious decisions about what to spend limited money on. They already do that because of the damn taxes you're putting on them. And again, as we come to the development of the budget and the tax increase, it'll be great to bring those words back. Well, what about the poor senior citizens who are now going to have to make terrible decisions because you're raising their property taxes on the home that they've lived in for many years, maybe have paid off? Um, A lot of folks are now saying you know, the the difficulty with home ownership now is that you never own your home. You're always renting your home. From the municipality in the, the school state. district. Yeah. Because yeah. you got to keep paying taxes no matter what. Finally, this is not a school matter, a direct school matter. I hate that reasoning. This is the responsibility of the township government. Everybody in this town lives in this town. Right. It's everybody's responsibility. Don't throw it off on somebody else. Am I wrong? I understand what she's saying, and it goes back to my comment that the the reality is this shouldn't be a local decision. It just shouldn't be. You've got too many municipalities, too many volunteer fire departments, and they all have to go begging and scraping to the local school district and the local municipality instead of Harrisburg simply saying, you know what, this is we're going to support these volunteer fire departments, and we're going to give them a statewide income tax credit. Right, which would be a reasonable thing. Right. So I I get what she's saying there, but the way that she's, you know, portraying this, you know, you can't say it's not a local issue because it is. That's what Act 91 says. It's up to the local municipality and the local school district. So it is. It's unfortunate that it got put into your lap, but it's there. She's wrapping herself in the flag of fiscal conservancy, and that's BS. As much as I appreciate everything that the fire department does for our school. So due to these extenuating circumstances, I will be unable to support this measure. Thank you. They're extenuating circumstances. Well, again, I, I think someone, <laughs> she, I, I think Dr. Battler might benefit from someone kind of going over the things that she says. And, and again, this is going to come back when we get to that that part of the show tonight that we're, we're going to talk about the, you know, the shakeup. Yep. Because she ends up jumping into that as well. And yep. I, I think she, I, I don't think she should have jumped in where she did, when she did, and how she did. So we'll, yeah. we'll talk about it again. So eventually this thing got, uh, they voted on option one, which was what would have given up to $4,000. Right. And it was like a, uh, because so, the two abstained, it was a 5-2 five, vote. I thought it was a five. I thought it was a five one, or a six. Six one. one. I thought it, only. I thought only one person voted. Japina was right. the one who voted for it. Right. He voted for both, and so then they get to the second one, and uh, it was unanimous. No, because Andrea did not vote for either of them. That's right. She voted no. That's right. right. She voted no on both. So she. But was it did the pass, and I. I think. I do think the firefighters who were there were sincere in their appreciation. I think so, too. Um, so that's, you know, it's a start. Yeah. So, so all right, we're done beating them up about that for right now. Gotcha. Next came the uh, the whole tutoring thing. Set this up. 
Oh, yeah. So, all of a sudden, there is an item on the personnel agenda that, you know, they're, they're going to vote to identify a group of teachers who are going to be doing after-school tutoring for $30 an hour. And the original motion was for up to 150 hours of tutoring. Um, it, it's really interesting because, and, and we'll talk about this throughout this thing, but I've gone way back into the minutes and agendas, and I don't see any discussion of this particular program, which is what they claimed they did. Um, but it also did not ever get moved onto the voting meeting agenda. Right. So this just magically appeared. Now, we've been told over and over again by the solicitor, you oh, it's got to, you know, it's got to be moved from the committee of the whole and we've got to have this and so you're going to hear a lot of excuses about this because I think they're um they're uh, I don't think they had their ducks in a row. It's evident that they didn't because Andrea Battler called them on this program that all of a sudden is now focused yeah. at grades three and the high school. Yep. Because they want to keep pushing that literacy, you know, the, the literacy is uber important. They're going to make sure that these kids are, you know, proficient in reading. Um, it's, it's really crazy because well, we'll, we'll talk about it throughout. But, but so here comes this program where they're going to spend arguably far more than what they did for the firefighters, but it's being funded by ESSER funds. And uh, you'll hear Mr. Morgan talking about it as a pilot. Well, the problem is going to be there'll be an expectation of tutoring services. Yes. The ESSER funds are going to run out. That's right. And then this program is going to have to be funded out of what? The general the fund. The general fund. Yeah. And the fiscal conservancy issue is going to come up again and again. It really is. So here is... Uh Here's the setup. Moving on to item C with the consent agenda, I would like to pull out items one and item seven from the consent agenda. The consent agenda, then we will be voting on items two, three, four, five. Like maybe six, I could have cut this out, but eight. Yeah. Can I have a second? Second. We have a second. Any discussion? No discussion. All in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? I think the reason they had to do this is because this got put up on Facebook that they were going to vote on this. Yeah. So they like to put things in the consent agenda so they can just hide them and go on. But then something comes up, somebody digs into the agenda, and they realize, oh, crap. We better vote on this separately or else we'll get hammered that we put it on a consent agenda. So we better right. put it on you know, separate and then discuss it and, and tell everybody you know, why we're making the right decision. Yeah. Any abstentions? Motion carries. Item uh, C1. This is the FMX software uh, for the maintenance and custodial system. So, so this was one of the things that you brought up about right. fiscal conservancy. Right. $14,000 for software for the maintenance department. Yeah. How is that, you know, serving instruction? How is that? It's making the lives of the adults in the system easier. Yep. And they don't have any problem spending that kind of money. A few, you know, a month ago on the voting meeting, they voted to purchase software for the HR department at $48,000. That's right. Again, making the lives of the adults in the system easier, but no impact on instruction or academic achievement. No. So they don't have any problem with that kind of spending. Uh, they don't have any problem with, you know, 
having two superintendents on the payroll at the same time. Clearly not. But, uh, you know. So, so former superintendent Bob Phillips used to put it like this, and I always thought it was a great way to look at it. He, he must have said it 10 times in meetings with me. He would say, okay, so is this a kid issue or an adult issue? Right. If it's an adult issue, we shouldn't even be talking about it. That's, that is really the way to look at, at education. But yeah. unfortunately, there are so many adults in the system. Yeah. And, and there's a famous quote from Al Shanker, who was the um, original president of the American Federation of Teachers. And, and what he basically said is, look, when kids start paying union dues, I'll start worrying about kids. <laughs> there you go. So that's what the adults in the system are doing. They are worrying about themselves right. and their departments and yep. the work that they have to do. And anything that they can do to ease their personal burden, they'll do. Yes. Uh, for work order tracking, cost analysis, and preventative maintenance costing. We have a second. Any discussion? Second. Hmm. No discussion? I just wanted to, uh, to thank... thank um, and what was it? The, Mr. Biggerstaff was... Yeah, yeah, he presented... Yeah, Steven, yeah. He couldn't think of the man's name. Right. He presented, you know, on this fantastic software, but... I just wanted to thank him for all his work. Uh, I know that, you know, we, we peppered him pretty good. You know, what's his name? Yeah. Yeah, I want to thank what's his yeah, name. Yeah, we peppered uh, him pretty good. Yeah. Mr. Smith? So no, again, not Mr. Smith. Again, this is carefully orchestrated. Yes. We really did our due diligence on, these pur yeah, on this purchase, yeah. you know. Of course, we spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on Fountas and Pinnell uh, materials that we had absolutely no idea what the heck they were. Um, you know, questions, and um, you know, he certainly did his due diligence, and he did not um, using the words. He did not go with the you know with the most expensive option. He feels like this is the best option, and is is not as expensive. And, and again, another victory for the taxpayer. Right. Well, you know, yes, we spent fourteen thousand dollars on software. For tracking maintenance, but we didn't buy the most. We didn't buy the Cadillac version. Right. You know, we, we bought the Hyundai version, and and uh, kudos to us for our fiscal conservancy. <laughs> we we bought the Hyundai version when we could have written stuff on pieces of paper. Right. Actually, it said to us that he's going to bring us a report back. I think, and and hope that he can recoup some of this from uh, savings that he'll get through through the system. So, uh, just thanks to him for all his work. Okay. All in favor, say aye. Aye. Any opposed? No. Any abstentions? She voted Motion no. Carries. Hearing voted no. Did she? Yes, she did. Well, she is holding to her word uh, she, for the most part. She is, and and I think anything that's not education, I'm voting no. And on. she also doesn't grandstand. She doesn't make a point of making a statement about why she's voting no on this. She just, you know, she just maintains her that's a great point her you know kind of personal dignity and and i think everybody knows what again you know what's what's really interesting is this idea that oh well, maybe we'll get a report that you know you know we're saving money by spending money that's like you know go to the store and you buy everything on sale oh my god i saved so much no you spent money you spent money on this, and until you reach some $14,000 level of savings that can be documented, like, oh, well, we didn't spend $14,000 in, in maintenance because we're taking better care of, we're keeping track of things better. Okay. Can't wait to see those reports about how you're saving money by spending money. Yeah. The administrative thing is going to save you the money. Right. So uh, that clip actually had nothing to do with the tutoring, right. but it got thrown into the middle regardless. Right. So now on to the tutoring thing. This was um, 
Mellon Morgan talking about how it's going to be paid for. Mr. Morgan, uh, on another note on this, I just want to get some clarification that uh, 100% of this pilot is covered by ESSER grant funds. Yep, so that was next on my list here. Um, So the the funding for the after-school tutoring is uh, from the American Rescue Plan or the ESSER funds. Um, We have an allotted amount of money specific to be used for supporting after-school programs. Uh, We currently have $35,000, which needs to be used by June the 30th, 2022, and those that those monies would be would be allocated first for this program. Thank you. Which needs to be used. Well, uh, here's the thing. You're describing this as a pilot. Yeah. But it's absolutely necessary. And, and this is where, you know, I, I think uh, I think Andrea Battler actually asked a lot of questions because I don't think she knew that this was going to be targeted at third grade and the high school because she yeah. asked, well, why isn't there anybody at Reifton? Why isn't there anyone at the junior high school? Right. Well, it's, it's, it's targeted. Okay, well, so let's say this pilot works at third grade in the high school. Given the poor academic achievement at Reifton and the junior high school, don't you think that there is going to be an outcry from parents for tutoring services there? And then the extra funds will be gone. Yeah. And so now... This is just like, you know, the conversations I've had with people about, you know, months ago, Dr. Miner trotted out four different, you know, little projects that she wanted to do, you know, the coffee bar in the, uh, in the library. The Lego thing. The Lego league, uh, you know, having activity buses and then, you know, setting up an inclusive playground and, you know, just, just in, you know, looking at, look, all of these programs are eventually going to cost money. Yeah. And so you can say, well, we're going to fund some of these th- out of ESSER. ESSER is not going to be around forever. It's what's called soft money. And when soft money programs create a demand, then hard money has to be used to pay for them. And that's when the budget development will get very interesting. You, you know, the thing that, that perfectly kind of speaks to this is the 1994 crime bill that Bill Clinton passed. And this is the one that uh, Joe Biden headed from the Senate, remember? Right, he gets all kinds of crap on that. Yeah, so Philadelphia got X dollars from this crime bill. And it was enough money to hire like 600 cops for two years. What'd they do in year number three? Uh, Layoffs. No, they kept them and raised taxes. taxes. Yeah. Yeah, Let's this is the, the thing that they're ignoring. For the police. Yeah, it's it's absolutely true that, you know, they can talk about this as a pilot all they want, but if they find, and again, we'll, we'll talk about their longitudinal problems with data. If they find that this is helping with proficiency, there's no way they're going to stop it. And this is going to become a big cash cow, and teachers are going to stop tutoring, you know, just out of their own professional responsibility, like, yep, yep. like a lot of teachers do, and I'm sure a lot of Exeter teachers give kids extra help. They stay after school, they come before school, right. or whatever. Um, but now, those people are going to be suckers, right? That's why, right. Why are you tutoring them for free? You could be, you know, getting thirty bucks an hour. You know, the teachers at the junior high in Rifton are the suckers because they're not getting any of it. Well, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. It's it's really, it's a very interesting thing to, to see. 
is it that there was some kind of a an agreement well, a, amongst all of these groups, or is it just the administration going, ha, let's try this? Well, if it is, that's really a problem because they're, they're already spending an inordinate amount of money on elementary literacy. They have the new right. reading specialist position. They spent gazillions of dollars on materials, on training. They're, they have specialized tutors for some kids. So they're spending a lot of money on literacy in the elementary school, and now they're spending additional funds on a tutoring program? You know, what does that say about their confidence in their core instructional program? They must not be very confident question. if they're, you know, throwing this tutoring money here. But again, I don't think as far back as I could go so far, I didn't see any discussion, certainly not by any of the new board members. So when they say, oh, we talked about this. No, you did not. You were not on the board prior to January or prior to December. Mm -hmm. So you didn't have those discussions about the tutoring program. So you're just talking because, you know, you want to shield yourself for what is arguably a really poor decision, both fiscally and instructionally. Okay, so you want to get to that clip now. Sure. Okay, so this passes 9-0 because it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. And the kids will all instantly understand everything and will attain a new level of understanding. Right. Just by throwing $35,000 out there. If only it were that simple. If only it were that simple. So... Now, set this up. Your wife gets a harebrained idea. No, I mean, so she had already done a a statement during the first public comment, as had I. But but she got really, really, like, ticked about this coming onto the agenda without Mm -hmm. any discussion. So she just simply, you know, got up and said, wait a minute, you know. You just told me that you don't have separate meetings because her, her comment at the beginning of the thing was about, you know, you have these committees. When are their meetings? Oh, we don't have any committee meetings now. We discuss everything at the committee of the whole. So the personnel committee, the finance committee, the education committee, all of our committees, really, we just we meet, you know, at the committee of the whole. And that's where we discuss everything. Right. And then we move those things onto the voting meeting. Correct. So that's where she was like, wait a minute. Yeah. You just told me that everything was discussed at the Committee of the Whole. We've gone over the Committee of the Whole minutes and, and actually watched the entire Committee of the Whole. This was not a part of that discussion. So now what I said before about condensing these comments by chopping a second here and a second there, yeah. I didn't do that with this clip because the silence speaks volumes. Mr. Scardella, did you want to speak? Yeah. I, w- I want to go back on you know, my original question because um, I'm, I'm looking at the you know when we, we over this is why I asked for you know when the meetings are because in in the committee of the whole there was no discussion on the personnel and and there certainly was no discussion on the after-school tutoring program so I know that you have the committee of the whole where you have these discussions and then you move them forward for voting is that correct? I don't recall at the committee of the whole that that this was discussed or or moved forward. You can't see them, but they're all looking at each other like, oh. So crap. I, I mean, are we out, out of order here? I mean, the the agenda wasn't even um, amended. So there was ten seconds of silence, right. where 
they were what they were looking around were the room looking like, at, Jesus like, what happened they were looking at the solicitor and like well, you know how do we cover this and you know because you know we just told her that we have the committee of the whole and we didn't discuss this it wasn't moved forward it just all of a sudden made it onto the agenda and then listen to all of the gyrations yeah and and then eventually Tim Morgan uh, realizes that you know what he's the problem here so she then said the magic words. So is this entire thing out of order? Right. There's the chaos moment. Right. It's amazing they didn't all jump up. You see, uh, you remember that scene in Airplane where where the announcement is made, where, where there's a problem and everybody gets up and then they just start right. running around right. like crazy and right. someone walks in front of the camera and her boobs are shaking. Yep. It's, it's all like I was fully expecting that. Like well, just it, chaos. It, it was it was pretty close because here's the other thing because Mary Beth actually gave them an out. If they had been smart, they would have amended the agenda. Correct at the beginning to include this vote on it. But they they so they're they're really being dishonest when they say, "Oh, we discuss everything at the committee of the whole. We don't have yep. committee meetings." Somebody somewhere is having conversations that are not captured in public. Yep. And now we're going to have to pay the price. They were just and they're caught now. Right. So since eight seconds, I'm new. Um, but since <laughs> and that's the so new they're looking to the interim superintendent yep. for an out here. You know, how, can you help us? I can say that for a little while. Um, the the personnel item. There was a personnel item. That's right. It was under personnel. So it's a personnel item. So since the and that's the solicitor going. Yes, it's under personnel. No, it's not a personnel item. It's a tutoring program. It was under the business agenda. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it was under personnel. It was under personnel. It was, yes. but it, it's not a personnel item. What you have to do is you have to approve the tutoring program right. first. Right, that should have come out of the education committee. Right. So Fiddler, you know, messed up there. They should have had a discussion about the tutoring program. That way, Andrea Battler would have known what the heck they were going to do. And then, once it's approved as a program, if you want to put it on the personnel agenda to identify the teachers, that's fine. But that's, you know, that's not a that's not an executive session item, which is the, no. the solicitor is trying to get this to be, oh, well, this this is executive session. No, it's not. No. Executive session is employee A screwed up doing this. Yeah. We need to talk about it outside of right. the community's view. Since the personnel items are pers personnel, most of them would be done in executive session anyway. Am I right with that, Sharon, that that would yes, be most of those but, but something like this should have been discussed. Out in the public. <laughs> the personnel we just oh, the after school tutoring program. I mean, if it was a personnel item and it would, it would have been dis discussed in an executive session. Listen to all the silence. Yeah. She goes back to the right. original BS that Mary Beth has already outed. Right. right. So if that's how it was captured. My dog ate my homework. See, they, 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 and and I hope you've got the point where where Tim Morgan says, "Oh, I do. Well, we can do better. We we yeah. point taken. We can do better. Yeah, like you got caught, guys. Yeah, just friggin' admit it. I I just like to say some some items that we find that make their way to the board agenda aren't discussed in per, in in committee. 
this is hamburger and, and and that's just flat out wrong you you t- you tell everybody that it has to be discussed at committee of the whole and then it has to be moved onto the voting meeting so don't tell me now dave that all of a sudden oh well some things just come up that we just put on the agenda really you are the policy guy so then you're admitting to violating the sunshine act all right you know and they're recommended by the administration um this may have been one of those items where, um, you know, what if the administration recommends spending eighty thousand dollars on uh, uh, movie candy? I don't know, movie candy for movie movie days. There yeah. you go, there you go, eighty thousand dollars for in, that. And the, the the lesson plan says just show this video. Kids got to have candy or popcorn or something. Yeah, you know, just spend. Um. You know, we had some general co- discussions about it previously. I think people mentioned September and October, and and this and the administration moved forward with it and then made recommendations. But not everything, to my understanding, always goes through committee uh, or through the committee of the whole. So then you do violate the sunshine, right? Act. So Is that the, it. So then, Dave, you just do things, and you guys have conversations, or the administration tells you, the board of education to do something and you don't discuss it. You just put it on there and put you on the hook. You're trying to have your cake and eat it too. Yep. So, I mean, even though something like this should be brought forward to the public too. And she's not letting go. No, my point is that there was some conversation about the program uh, back in October, back back in September and October. There was, there was, there was discussion back in when I met, what I was mentioning earlier was that, so here's here we Battler. have so here we have Andrea Battler who was not on the board in September or October. No, she wasn't. So when I when she says, "Well, we discussed," no, you did not. She, in fact, there were four of you sitting there that had nothing to do with discussions in September and October. And I went back to September and October. Guess what? Didn't find anything. Nothing about a tutoring program. No, nothing. Wow, that's weird. Yeah. Well, that's you know. Well, Dave Hamburger's recollection is like. This this guy, for being a person who's in charge of policy, he allows the regular violation of policy without ever letting out a peep. Yeah. Right. It was, say it was September. I could go back and find it in my notes, but say it was September. They voted on it. Just say it was September so we can get off the yeah, hook. Just just say that, <laughs> oh, they did vote on it in September. So I think you've got the part where Mary, go ahead and get uh, it. To implement this. And then... They implemented it, and they finally found teachers. Now we are voting to pay these teachers, like these people, to do it. Is that so? Not so from back in October, you can move it forward to, to <laughs> yeah. today. I just, I'm just not understanding the process. That's the best line right there. That's the I best line. Right. So from back in September or October, whichever one it is, you decided to move this to the voting meeting. Wait a minute. Let me let me actually play this out. A different board in September or October voted to move this to a voting meeting that they would not be attending, that they would not be a part of. That they, the whole clown show here, because that's what it really is. Yeah, they're they're just like, oh crap! We just told her that we do everything at committee of the whole, and now she's standing up and pointing out, no, you don't. Here's an example: you never discussed this. Nope. And now you're just throwing it onto the agenda and voting for it. 
I loved watching the, the solicitor at this because her face was like, oh, how do we... Uh, how do can, we lie about can we, this? Can we get out of this one? Uh, is there a way? <laughs> Let's just keep talking. Eventually the right lie will come up. Right. More silence. So, so it was approved, but we're just approving the people today. Correct. But the program was approved and discussed publicly. Yes. At that time. Probably. Okay. Maybe. I feel sorry for, for Dr. Hearing because... I think she's listening to this going, look, what we need to say is we screwed up. We effed up, We should have amended the agenda. And so it's too late to do that now because we've had a vote. So from now on, their, you know, stricture about, oh, we can't vote on anything unless it goes through Committee of the Whole. Yep. That's now out the door because you can and you did. So please stop telling me about the sanctity of the discussions at the Committee of the Whole. Yeah. But thank you. No, I appreciate you asking for clarification. Right. Thank you. Mrs. Garda, your Here's point is taken. And um, I, as the chair of personnel, I will personally make sure that we discuss with administration if there are things prior to the county that I feel as though need to be brought up for public discussion and we'll make sure that they get it. Yeah, I, I... But what if you feel that it doesn't deserve right. it? Just freaking do it. Right. It's it's what it's what your it's what your policy says. It's what you have now committed to when you talked about we don't have committee meetings. We have we discuss everything at the committee of the whole. And now Tim's realizing, oh, I don't do any personnel items at the committee of the whole. Yeah. And again, this really there, there's a failing on on two of their parts, and they're just not talking about it. There's a failure of the chair of the education committee because this should have been discussed. Yes. In the education committee, we are designing a tutoring program for third grade and the high school. And that's, this is, you know, we, we discussed it in general terms sometime last year. We don't know when, but we talked about using ESSER funds for after school activities. And we said that, you know, we could fund tutoring programs. We never really designed anything. Well, now it's been designed and we're going to move it forward. So it should have gone to the committee of the whole from the education committee as a concept. Right. And once that was approved, then it should have gone into the personnel committee to hire the teachers to do the tutoring. And They're, then it goes to a voting meeting. Right. Yeah. Make sure that they get it. Yeah, I, I understand employees and all that other stuff. Understood. That's not- Your point's taken. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Dismissed. And, and Mr. Morgan, can I just say, too, I mean, I, I think every other committee runs its... Okay, now Hamburger's defending a little bit here. Listen to what he says. No, Hamburg is actually attacking a little bit here. That's he's, what I mean. He's basically saying, uh, Tim, as the personnel committee chair, you need to do a better job at Committee of the Whole. Agenda through Committee of the Whole. Uh, and I've, I've seen that, you know, personnel has not been doing that. I'm not sure why, because some of the items certainly, to me, are not of the type that require an executive session. They're simply just accepting people for... You know, retirement, uh, taking you on new. So they're doing that stuff in executive session? They shouldn't be. Right. Executive session is really for discipline of employees. It's really not. I mean, it, it, there's three criteria. Yeah. Personnel, uh, safety, and uh, uh, legal matters. Right. Legal counsel. Right. Right. Exactly. Things that you don't want to get out there to the public because it could compromise something. Right. 
But accepting retiring, <laughs> accepting a resignation, retiring. These are that you know, he he's basically and, and it's interesting because he's playing both sides here. Yes, he he realizes now with this statement, he's realizing, oh, you know what? The reality is, we're not doing what we should with the personnel committee. Yep, in committee of the whole. Yep, and if I'm going to be, you know, the policy person and the you know the 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 policy cop. Uh, I, I, I have to upgrade Mr. Morgan. He needs to do a better job. Provides <laughs> a discussion for him. So I, I'm wondering whether we can we, we can resurrect the process of, you know, what we had previously, which was, you know, putting personnel items on the committee of the whole as well. So we have opportunities. We don't, I mean, we, we're sure to be transparent, you know, in making sure everyone's aware of what's going to be on the agenda. Okay, that's probably enough. I mean, there's a little it more, yeah. but I think that's enough. And and the, the point is that they got caught. Yep, pants down. And dude, all of that, like you could hear there, they were in panic. It's more fun to watch it though. I, I really encourage everyone to, to. It wasn't in the video. The oh. video, the, the camera was on her the whole time. Oh, really? Yeah. So it didn't capture all of the Keystone cops? No. Oh my gosh, that was funny. I was there. It was hilarious. To the, the panic-stricken looks yep. on the faces of the board and on the solicitor. And then, you know, they're turning to this, oh, well, well I'm, I get to say I'm new. Wait a minute. You were hired because you had experience as a superintendent. <laughs> Please don't tell me that you don't understand that an item like this should have been discussed in Committee of the Whole. Give back the $800 yeah. for today. You didn't earn that today. <laughs> so that was, I, I, I just... It, I commended her for, you know, standing there and just keeping going, just keep going and keep going. And they were, they wanted to crawl under the damn table. It was funny. Yeah, it's great stuff. I think, I think the problem was the way they had handled her question in the beginning. Like, hey, when are these meetings? Oh, 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 oh. We, we don't have those. We, we talk about everything at the cow. <laughs> you silly At the girl. cow. The cow. Oh, the committee of the whole. We we talk about everything. At the cow. You know, That's right. I remember saying Moo. that there. <laughs> Moo, you got caught. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, next is the superintendent search thing. Yep. Okay. Now, now I pulled a clip on that, too. Should be short. Yeah, it's not too bad. But uh, she's going to... Ex- Dr. Henry's going to explain how this whole superintendent right. search thing right. is going to go. And then we get bonus stuff too right thank you i wanted to share um with the community a few things the first is the timeline for the superintendent search which should go as follows the superintendent position will post from thursday march 17th till monday april 25th the school community survey will post from thursday march 17th till friday april 1st we only want to hear from you for two weeks well, well, we'll talk about that. So We'll be tired of your yeah. crap by then. Tuesday, May 3rd, we'll have a review of applications with the board members. Monday, May 9th, and Tuesday, May 10th, we'll have initial interviews. And Wednesday, May 18th, we'll have our second round of interviews. And I would like to call that a soft um, timeline. We're still in the process of working on that. Um, we are still working on the logistics, such as community participation. 
what logistics about community participation? Well, we are participating, do, and that's it. it no, whether the, whether or not they want to do public interviews. So um, they have to. Well, so I, I've been through this, obviously, yep. several times yep. as a candidate, and there are certain procedures that a that a board should follow um, to allow people who are applying who don't want their current employer to know that they're applying. So there are things that you can do. You, you literally can go up to the first interview. Oh, yeah. In, in, you can do it in an executive session. Yes. You can do all that stuff so that nobody has to know until you announce the finalists. I agree. Once the winnowing down the of the last five people or whatever. Or, or even you know if it's three, then, then you should do those, public, uh, yes. those interviews in public. So I think that's where she's going. The problem is this timeline. This is an incredibly abbreviated timeline searching for a superintendent at probably some of the worst times to search for a superintendent. There are seasons. There's a seasonality to this. Yeah. So, you know, think of if, if you've read anything, if anyone out there listening has read anything about the search for the new superintendent for the school district of Philadelphia. Dr. Hyde announced that he was leaving last year. They've been conducting an exhaustive national search for more than a year. Philly is a little bit different. It is Exeter. a little bit different, but it's still the same concept. You are you are advertising and screening and looking for the chief executive officer. Yes. Of an eighty million dollar organization. Yeah. So to to kind of shoehorn this into two months from you know application deadline and then a month later you're going to have you know finalist interviews and this is not the season to be looking for a superintendent to announce it in april and then try and get a, you know a person hired in may that this is not the season you want to be able to announce in january and start the search process so that you really can put in the time and survey the community and survey this to, and do it all separately. What, what well, I the timing about, didn't work out. The, for the timing's horrible for them, but they also could have they could have stretched out their interim so that they could have a much longer process. They could go through the entire summer to have this this process. But but what I want to talk about also because nobody wants to work during the summer. So today. They launched the community survey, and it started out on Parent Square, which only went to parents. And you know, I, I was a little cheesed off, and so I made a comment on Facebook, and I immediately sent an email to Dr. Hearing and said, "Hey, wait, are you you're not going to talk to you know other community members, only parents?" Well, then it got explained that no, the the Parent Square survey launched first, and then they were updating the website to include the the survey and that launched second and so they apologized that you know they didn't want anyone to feel like they were being you know uh, not uh, second not, class not, yeah but but then you read this survey and they're literally putting each group all groups are being asked to provide input here so they ask if you're a teacher they ask if you're an administrator they ask if you're a parent they ask if you're a community member with no kids they 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 ask all these questions on the survey so that they can kind of parse out who's responding but i want to turn to what i think are the most interesting and i consider them dangerous parts of the survey so folks if if you are completing the survey please pay attention to questions number three and question number four. Um, these are questions about what areas of expertise are most important for the next superintendent. Right. Now, the job posting is already listed, the characteristics they're looking for. 
And just the fact that they're giving you questions. Right. They're giving you are giving these you what's things, already on right, exactly. their, their job posting. So they're right. just looking to support it, with the exception of the very last one. And this is the thing that I think is very dangerous. They're asking how important it is for the superintendent to have a demonstrated commitment to firm discipline and support to increased disciplinary efforts in schools. If I was a special education parent, I'd be very worried about that that we oh we want a we want a superintendent who's firm and disciplined who's going to support when I kick a kid out of class I don't want him back in I yeah. want the superintendent to support me this is a very I mean I I don't recall ever seeing something about student discipline up front in a survey I think this is very dangerous I think uh, people who have kids who have been impacted by you know the pandemic and had uh, in school or or out of school at home instruction and they know that it doesn't work well now if you're going to have a strict disciplinarian in that superintendent's office well I'm very sorry Mr. Gallif but your son is just really uh, a handful at school and incredibly so, disruptive and so he's just going to have to be part of the cyber uh, you're, you're going to have to keep him at home and he'll be cyber schooled what? well you know th- our, I'm supporting our teachers and in their disciplinary you know, recommendations, they just don't think your son should be in school. But I'm paying taxes. Doesn't matter. This is going to be a very, very dangerous question to ask, especially if, the, especially if certain groups, like maybe teachers, rate this very highly compared to a uh, history of improving and maintaining high academic performance. Like, oh, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. I don't want to be held accountable for academic performance. I want you <laughs> to be held accountable for student discipline. Very dangerous. I've never seen that before. Uh, can't imagine how it got on there unless a certain constituent group said, we better make sure that the next superintendent is really upholding our student discipline. You can't see it, people, but I'm stroking my chin thoughtfully right now as though what could Ted be talking about? <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, th- that is concerning. You're right. Yeah. Right, and and you've seen what hundreds of these things? Oh my gosh, postings! Oh and yeah, you've never seen, and you've I've never, never seen, seen this question Unreal. about demonstrated commitment to firm discipline, and you know this comes interestingly enough. Um, it, there was a conversation at the board meeting about some training. There, there's a there's a couple of teachers who are going to training on you know some some disciplinary ideas. And they said that you know they used to use a they used to use a system that focused far too much on restraint, student restraint. Yep. And so now they're 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 getting training on how to de-escalate. Well, you know you have all those really good platitudes about you know wanting to de-escalate, and and now you want to find a superintendent who has a demonstrated commitment to firm discipline and support for increased disciplinary efforts in schools. Mm-hmm. I think I know where that came from. we will see it will be interesting to see if we get somebody who has like a writing crop and you know walks through the schools Colonel Clink yeah we need Colonel Clink so we uh, last week we we mentioned in, in last week's show we mentioned that I've written seven times now eight to Dr. Hearing asking who are going to be the negotiators? And she has never answered me. Okay. 
So we got our answer the other night. In a roundabout way. Yes. Lastly, I also want to share with the community that the board has begun the process of negotiations with the Teachers Union, Food Service, and Act 93. Mr. Hamburger, Mr. Morgan, is there anything you'd like to add to that? No. Okay, thank you. See, it's not even explicit. Right. It's it, it, you two. Well, why are they calling? Right. Oh, they must be the guys. That's right. Like when I talked to you about it, you went, "Well, that that means that that it's them." I was like, yeah. "That's not explicit at all." No, but it. Does, I mean, obviously, if you're asking them for a report on these contract negotiations, right. They're in charge of them. Right. So you have Tim Morgan, whose wife is a teacher. Albeit not in the district. She is a counselor. Oh, counselor. At Owen J. Roberts. Okay, so not in the district. But, but she's a member of PSEA, and PSAEA uses pattern bargaining as a strategy. Whatever the bargaining is in one district, the pattern is, is followed in another. And then you have Hamburger, who is a former uh, PSEA member, because he was employed in school districts, right? Yes. And I believe his, his wife was... a. a was a former PSEA member as well. She was an Exeter teacher. Okay, She's a retired so Exeter teacher. You don't think that they have family friends who are also members of the Pennsylvania, you know, education the PSEA? Scene? Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's an incredible conflict, and we keep coming back to this. The conflicts on this board are un believable and they were in the last board and the one before it the conflicts are unbelievable and they're getting worse well it will be very interesting to watch the application process and interview process because i can tell you as a, as a person who used to sit through these kinds of interviews and research school districts and decide if i wanted to apply uh superintendents are you know they have seen they research. It's easy to Google Exeter and find out the last superintendent didn't complete her contract term, her yep. first contract term. Yep. She went on leave, paid leave. Yep. Uh, you know, and and the school board is made up of people who you know they're they're going to research the school board connections. That's I what, hope that's well. They 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 absolutely will, and they'll see. Oh, wait a minute. A majority of this board has either former or current connections to the teachers unions. Um. I think I'll pass on this. Yeah, it's got to make it difficult. Absolutely. You've got a micromanaging board, and every time, you know, that's why this question is here, I believe, about firm discipline. Look, if I kick a kid out of class, I want to make sure that, so administrators, you better back me up, and superintendent, you better back administrators up because parents are going to go up the chain of command, right? Hey, I'm upset that my kid's never in class. He always gets kicked out. What are you going to do about it? Well, you know, his behavior is not really... I'm telling you, I would be very worried if I was a special education parent. I'd be very worried if I was a parent of a, a kid who has some challenges with respect to, you know, behavior. Because I, I just, I think this is uh, very, very uh, dangerous. And, and I think having two people who have such connections. The problem for Dr. Hearing is, who does she have who doesn't? She's got Andrea Battler. Julia Schaefer. Julia Schaefer. And herself. Yeah. Well, Fiddler. But his, his brother is a retired Exeter teacher. All right. Well, so that was interesting. Um, I'm just trying to, because I know we want to. Yeah. So, so on to the last thing yeah. here. Tell us about this longitudinal PSSA so, dad. Um, for the benefit of several board members who don't seem to be able to find 
academic achievement data about Exeter. Um, it's as simple as doing a Google search where you say PSSA results, and that takes you to the state uh, Department of Education's PSSA page where you can download files with every school district in the state and their PSSA results from 2015 through 2021, excepting 2020 when PSSAs were not given due to the pandemic. So I did that. I downloaded every single one and I created a special spe spreadsheet that just has Exeter School District performance. Uh, all three of the elementaries, Rifton and the junior high school. And then I created a longitudinal spreadsheet that has the data in one spot from 2015 to 2021. And I can tell you that, you know, I mean, it could be said that the longer the children are in Exeter schools, the less likely it is that they will be proficient. Wow. You know, you can go grade by grade. Uh, obviously, the junior high school has the biggest problem. I mean, they, they just... They just do, um, and especially, it, boy, when you look at the mathematics and you, you realize that, that as of this year, 2021, 69% uh, of seventh graders are not proficient, and 72% of eighth graders are not proficient. Unbelievable. But, I mean, it, it's over the course of years. It's, it's never been stellar, but it's certainly gotten worse year over year, so... Um, you know, again, I, I highly recommend that people on this Board of Education who are charged with, you know, well, I guess our 100, 100, 100 goals are out the window now, aren't they? Probably. So, so we'll have somebody, we'll have some new goals. Getting a reset. Yeah. And uh, Hey, the new person might go 100, 200, 200, too. Yeah. Think good, about that. Good. You know, we're going to, uh, well, as long as I can have strong discipline, then, uh, you know. It's all that matters. Uh, so it's, it's very interesting to look at the proficiency data. What's even more interesting, though, Jerry, is they've been spouting off about their star assessment results. Yeah. But there's no correlation between the improvements in their star scores and the steep declines in PSSA scores. Right. So if star really meant anything, we would see that impact on the PSSA. Now, there's a lot of data things that are wonky about this, like they didn't test, you know, their full component of students. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, there are, there are ways that you could say, well, we shouldn't compare this year to any other year. Okay, then we'll be waiting for next year and we'll see if all of these uh, investments you've made of our tax dollars in instruction and materials pays off. But you got a long, long way to go. And I'll tell you, I don't think anybody knows how to implement a mathematics program because their results are just horrendous. If only we had somebody who could teach them. Somebody who, you know, maybe somebody who's written a, a, a textbook in, in high school of mathematics. Maybe somebody who has implemented National Science Foundation funded uh, programs in mathematics in other districts with much greater success than Exeter seems to have. Hmm. And somebody who has offered to help. Yeah, but that's, you know. If only there was somebody who lived in Exeter uh, that fit this description. Yeah, well, you know, we shall see. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it might be nice if, I, you know, I, I don't think any of them are listening because I think they're too thin-skinned to listen to this. But if they are and they want to know more about data, I'd be happy to share the longitudinal spreadsheet with them. But it's pretty damning. 
We could find a place to put. Th- we could put this up on on the examiner's Facebook page. Oh, might be interesting. Do a screenshot and put that up. Now we'd have to say, you know, I, I I didn't, you know, I have the full spreadsheets. But what I did is I took the percent of students that are beyond proficient and the percent of students that are proficient and added those two together. Because if you are if you are below if you are basic or below basic, you're not proficient. So you have right. to be either proficient or advanced. And I added those two together, and those are the numbers that I have. But yeah, it might be interesting for folks to see this and then to say, hey, what the heck is going on? Okay, we can do that. All right, so now we come to what I think will become the very favorite part of the Exeter Underground, and that's Jerry's last word. Okay, tonight's last word is, I. you know, I know that, you, that you're not a fan of... of the issue, but uh, or not that you're not a fan of the issue, but that you thought I placed too much uh, importance on it. But this firefighter tax credit is chapping me, dude. I I, I figured that was going to be the last word. It's absolutely chapping me. So uh, what we had were self-serving hollow words of the school board. You know, we heard all of it. All firefighters are great. They do impossible work. I fully support them. Except you don't, do you, school board? Because if you did, you'd have passed this with a minimum of fuss. Hiding behind fiscal conservancy just doesn't cut it. The thing I keep hearing from the school board is, this is a community, and this is the responsibility of the township government. Ted, Community is defined as a group of people living in the same place or having a particular characteristic in common. We all live in the same place, but we clearly don't value the same things because I value these firefighters. If I was sitting on that board, I'd have pushed as hard as I could, embarrassed them, conjoled them into doing the right thing, which would have been giving a 100% rebate on taxes to firefighters. I wouldn't hide behind platitudes, words carelessly spilled for the benefit of the community so that everybody will think I'm a good guy because I support the firefighters. I just can't give them what they need. I'd have acted. Actions speak louder than words and all of them lumped together meant nothing. All of those words, meaningless. But your action, your refusal to truly value these people in our community, that speaks loudly. Then we hear your words to praise yourselves. You told people, well, any, only two other school districts in Pennsylvania do this and ours is the highest. That means absolutely nothing to those people who see through the charade of your cowardly act. You do not value our firefighters because if you did, they'd have 100% tax rebates as of right now and a solid tool for their recruiting efforts. Instead, you gave them a piss poor half measure, one that costs less in a year than you people generally waste in passing a spending measure at any giving meeting. All while hiding behind wasteful spending you claim as a badge of honor. That's the last word. That's the last word. (laughs) We could play Exeter, but uh, we're not going to do that. That was an oops. (laughs) So, uh, okay, here we are. We're at the end of the show. Right. So join us next week, Thursday night, 645. 
and uh, we'll come up with something. We're going to be, I'm sure we'll have, you know, we'll have some fallout to talk about and, uh, you know, we'll have to try some new things because we did say we wanted to have guests. Yeah. We did say we wanted to have calls. Yep. So maybe we'll do one of each. Maybe we'll have somebody uh, involved with the township and maybe we'll have somebody uh, involved with the school district. Yeah. Chances of that are pretty slim <laughs> after that. <laughs> after that last word. Yeah. We can try. Yeah. So, okay. So uh, with that said, thank you very much for joining us. We appreciate you listening. We, we appreciate your downloads. Tell a friend or 10, you know, share it on social media. Let folks know when you see me uh, do the shameless hawking of the podcast of this show, you know, repost it, uh, retweet it, all that kind of stuff. Right. And let's spread the word to our neighbors so that they too can join the underground. Join the underground. I like that. (laughs) Okay, folks. Thanks very much. Uh, Good night. Thank you for joining us for the Exeter Underground. Join us again next week for more news and analysis of all that is happening in Exeter. This has been a production of Jerry Gelliff Media. 